I'm reminded of James Lind, the Scottish doctor from the 18th century who tackled scurvy. Lind is credited with conducting one of the first clinical trials when he tested the efficacy of citrus fruits in combating the disease. Worked remarkably. Not a single sailor ever died of the disease again, right? As you know, that wasn't the case because Lind had the great idea to boil the citrus before giving it to sailors, which destroyed the vitamin C. No vitamin C means the citrus didn't work, means people still died. An elegant solution to a centuries old problem, set back by the small mistake of boiling your citrus. Chapter four, radiation and cheese. Day 275, still feeling the headaches, like somebody's tapping the inside of my skull with a hammer. Took a fistful of ibuprofen earlier, waiting for it to kick in. So, obviously, we made a grave error. When B crossed over, something happened. Like pieces of us were being plucked off one atom at a time. Fortunately, B made it back to her world before things took a turn for the worse. Until we can figure out exactly what happened, crossing over obviously has to be put on hold. Same with the stock market tests. <sighs> Where the hell did this happen? We crossed over so many times and nothing happened. Why this time? If it's because this isn't B's world, because she doesn't belong here, why did I feel the effects too? We should have been more careful. I should have been more careful. Day 280. The succulent from B's world experienced the same effects as us, but we don't know what happened to its twin, the same succulent from my world. It would be next to impossible to find the right one, so we'll have to run another long-term study. We brought various materials to the anomaly and introduced them to their twins. We had to be careful about what items we used because they can't just be any old rock from the forest. They had to be identical with their partners, down to the last atom. We figured the best way to do this was to rely on good old capitalism's compulsion to categorize and track every product that's ever been produced, ever. We'll use their barcodes and serial numbers. If the two products have the same number, then they're pairs. The first set of items was a basketball, a bottle of soda, an off-brand pair of headphones. No rhyme or reason to these. It's what we could afford. B sent over her set, and I've confirmed their barcodes match. We'll check back in in two weeks. <coughs> Day 283. Temp is 101.2. Lungs feel like I inhaled glass. Unsure if it's related to the crossover event. Day 294. No visible effects. Not surprising, as objects we sent through never showed any effects of decay. It's possible it only manifests in living organisms. We can rerun the animal studies and make sure we hold on to and observe the subjects this time. Day 297. We hit a bit of a roadblock. We wanted to use grasshoppers for the experiment. Complex enough for an animal study, but small enough that we don't feel too bad if something unwholesome happens. But we soon realize it's going to be hard to find the grasshoppers twins in the other world. Even if we did, we'd have to run a genome sequence to be really sure, which Cost way too much money. Couldn't afford it even if we weren't broke. We looked into some of the biolabs on campus running animal studies, and one of them was willing to part with a shipment of their grasshoppers. 
sent my shipment over to B, and she says the shipping labels match. So the grasshoppers inside should be identical. She'll observe and then get back to me. I've lost 22 pounds. Woohoo! The headaches are a little better, but they come way more frequently. I feel lightheaded and tired, and I'm always cold. Ugh, I need to go to a doctor. I'm afraid they'll find a mini black hole slowly sucking my insides into another dimension. Day 298. This was B's report. The results from the grasshopper experiment were illuminating, for lack of a better word. After crossing over, the grasshoppers were introduced to their twins, creating an overlap event. There was an almost immediate effect. Subjects from both sides of the anomaly appeared to be in immense pain as they attempted to claw their way out of their containers. Soon after, their skin began to melt and dissolve into a viscous black material. This continued until their physiology completely collapsed and disintegrated into black dust. We went from 200 grasshoppers to zero in a matter of minutes. Vanished from existence. Suffice to say, something similar might have happened to us if I had stayed even a few minutes longer. Day 301. I woke up blind this morning. I opened my eyes and all I saw was black. I rinsed my eyes out and waited a few hours. It's better now, but I'm still seeing black spots. They, um, about 40% of my field of view is obscured. Things don't look good. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be a pun. Day 325. So, been a while. Almost a month, I think. Um, the last update was when my vision went dark. After that whole episode, I apparently collapsed at the lab just dropped like, I don't know, something heavy. Christ. I can't even think straight. Anyways, they called an ambulance and I was admitted to the hospital. They ran some tests and sent me on home. I'll find out what's wrong in the next few days. Day 327. Just got my results back. <sighs> One second. I need a drink. All right, here's the thing. Here's the rub. So the doctor called me in, Dr. Farrow? Uh, Farrow, I don't know, that can't be right. Anyways, you should have seen her face when she sat me down. The official diagnosis is systemic cautious necrosis. Necrosis. So, what does that mean? Well, necrosis means dead or dying. Don't look up necrosis on Google Images, by the way. Hard to get those pictures out of your brain. Cassius comes from the Latin word for cheese. Systemic cassius necrosis means I've basically got dead tissue all over my body and the dead cells have coagulated so they look like 
Jeez. Doctors and their wacky sense of humor, am I right? Anyways, this stuff is all over my body. All over. It's in my brain, my liver, my kidneys. Basically, it's just is a picture of me when just throw a dart at it. Chances are you'll hit something. The theory is, oh, wait. I need to refill just a moment. Okay, I'm back. Um, where were we? We talked about the cheese, the spread. Oh, yeah, right. So, Dr. Farrow didn't know why. Why is my body breaking down at the cellular level? Well, the prevailing theory is that when B came to my side, our bodies experienced what we're now calling overlap decay. Nature gets very confused and pissy at the idea of two identical things being occupying the same world or dimensional plane or whatever this is. This triggers some sort of subatomic collapse, leads to a cellular decomp, causes widespread tissue necrosis, causes, well, death. That is the underlying thesis here. I'm dying. We're dying. Day 328, B and I reconvened. She's confirmed that the same things happened to her. She also confirmed the doctor's last name was Pharrell, so I was close. We're realizing we weren't as lucky as we had thought. Overlap decay isn't a switch that you can just turn off by crossing back over. It's an all or nothing trigger. Once it's pulled, that bullet's in your brain, your lungs, your kidneys, etc., etc. At this point, all we can do is hope that there's some way to turn back the clock. So we're going to do what got us into this mess in the first place and throw some shit into the wormhole and see what happens. We don't have much time. We have to fast track all of the experiments. Luckily, overlap decay seems to happen pretty damn fast after the twins are introduced, so we don't have to wait long between experiments. Based off what the doctor said and the way we're progressing, I'd say we're lucky if we have a month. So, the tentative deadline is day 360. There are a few likely methods that we can try. The first is to introduce a resistance to the overlap in an organism via repeat exposure to their twin. We can introduce them, then separate, then introduce, then separate at shorter and shorter intervals essentially creating a sort of acquired immunity against the phenomenon. Next, we can try and introduce the distance between the twins' corresponding locations. It's possible that overlap decay has continued even after B returned to her side because we're still in the same general locations. The restroom, our home, the lab. Our geographical settings still correspond. We'll expose the grasshoppers to their twins. Then after returning to their original sides, we'll send one set of twins as far away as possible and see what happens. The last method doesn't make much sense, but we're trying to cancel out the overlap event with another overlap event. After introducing the twins on side A, we'll introduce them again on side B. Maybe the events will clash and neutralize each other? Eh, not super likely, but we'll try anything at this point. So. 
That's a current game plan. If any of the methods show signs that the decay has stopped or even slowed down, we'll explore deeper. Day 330. All attempts have been a colossal failure. If anything, we figured out extremely efficient methods for killing us faster. Introducing immunity didn't work. The repeated exposures actually increased the rate of decay, about tripled every 20 seconds of exposure. Introducing distance didn't make the decay worse, but it did slow us down a bunch. We weren't finding any noticeable changes to the rate of the decay from the distances we introduced. So we went all out and shipped one set of the twins to Jakarta because the shipping route happened to pass by the anomaly's antipode, the spot on the opposite end of the Earth. Still no change. Canceling out the overlap events, all that did was speed up the decay about tenfold. The twins destroyed each other like bowling balls thrust together at the speed of light. If it wasn't obvious already, we're running out of ideas. Day 335. We've had no success in any of the prior experiments. So we're going to try something new. We know the overlap decay occurs when a living organism crosses over and overlaps with their twin for a certain amount of time. Once the decay is triggered, there's no turning back the clocks. We tried introducing distance to the pairs, played around with exposure time, nothing seems to work. If you ever exist in the same world as your twin, then you will die. But what if they aren't identical? The idea is to send over my batch of grasshoppers. When they pass to the other side, Bee will shoot her batch with a heavy dose of UV radiation and hopefully introduce mutations to their genetic code, making them technically a different organism. I know it seems like a semantic loophole, but we're at the end of our rope here. <sighs> Bee's waiting on the other end. She's all set to go. After I send my batch through, She'll blast them with radiation. Then B will let me know the verdict. I guess there's no point in waiting. Bombs away. <laughs> this is B's report. The subjects died even after they were blasted with radiation. Mutation, unfortunately, doesn't resist the effects of overlap decay. However, after sifting through the remnants of the decayed subjects, I found a single pair of twins sitting in the dust of their peers, seemingly unaffected. Upon closer examination, I found just a single variable in this pair of twins. One was dead. Note, dead, not decayed. It's my understanding that the twin simply died of natural causes or agitation from the other subjects. Therefore, I've come to the conclusion that there is a way to escape decay. One of the twins has to die. <laughs>